You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 205. Today, we're going to be talking about the six pillars of business excellence. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to be bringing you today's guest, Brandy. She is a super, super savvy business owner, and I think you're really going to enjoy diving deep into her particular framework. So I'm just so excited. I'm just going to dive on in. So hey, Brandy, how are you doing today? Good. I'm good, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. So go ahead and tell the good people a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, well, hey, y'all. I am Brandy Mabra. I am the CEO of Savvy Clover Coaching and Consulting, and I am a business and leadership coach. So I help coaches, consultants, service providers to really get off the struggle bus and really truly own their role as a CEO by looking at their business as a whole and just really helping them to take it to the next level. So, yeah. Nice. Easy enough. Leadership is definitely one of my favorite topics. I actually minored in leadership in college. That's how much I liked it or love it. And, you know, servant leadership is something that I am super passionate about and definitely live my life by. So I'll be super excited to to dive into that with you. But first, when it comes to, you know, what your clients' businesses look like before they start really looking at their leadership and taking their business to the next level, what does it look like? What's their business pulse? What's their personal life pulse? Go ahead and walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that it's usually the person who is just starting out and they don't want to be on the struggle bus, you know, and that reminds me a lot of where I started when I first started my business. I did not want to be on the struggle bus. Mm -hmm. So they want to make sure that they start off on the right foot. They want to make sure that they're starting out with a strong foundation. And they just, you know, by that point, usually they've Googled some stuff. They probably have been to some, you know, freebies and webinars and all that good stuff. And so they are just ready to get with somebody who actually knows what the next step is. The next type of person that I work with, they're a little bit more tenured. So probably past that one year mark. And really, their business has outgrown their business skill set. They've done a lot of things based on intuition and gut instinct. They've realized that something is working really well. They're starting to really pick up momentum in their business, but they just don't have that business skill that they need. They don't, you know, they lack the leadership skills as well. So they're usually looking to potentially hire, but they're nervous about it. And so there's, you know, some stressed out feelings, chaos, overwhelm, you know, all that good stuff that comes with it. So... That's usually the way that they come to me. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, totally. I know. I'm definitely the kind of person that likes to skip the overwhelm and frustration and exhaustion. I never want to sign up for that. So with that being said, I know we're really going to go over your six pillars of business excellence. What's excellence is actually, I don't know if it's like a, it's not even a buzzword. It's a word that I use on my sales calls because that is a measurement that I use for my business. And 
I know that my clients also really, really value excellence. And so when I saw your submission come through, I was like, yeah, like if she's using that word, like she's my kind of people. So we'll start to walk us through kind of those six pillars of business excellence. Yeah, no. So really, when you start to really truly own your business, and this is like really starting from day one and really putting on that CEO hat, then you have to start to look at your business as a whole. And, you know, there's certain business activities that happen in your business. And so with that, then I've categorized them. So the first pillar would be marketing. And yeah, and so with marketing, really with my clients, we always talk about the three phases of marketing. You know, there's the attraction piece, the engagement piece, the commitment piece. And really just making sure that as you are going through your marketing activities, really diving in, you know, what are you doing to get new eyes on your business? What are you doing once people have found you? You know, what are you doing to make sure that people are getting on calls with you or that you're actually making sure that they're committing to working with you and just looking at things from that perspective, from a reporting, um, you know, there's definitely insights that go with that. So One of the things that I really recommend is called a business health check-in. And with that, when you go into your marketing pillar, then you're looking at, you know, social media insights. You're looking at website clicks. You're looking at email subscribers. You're looking at click rates. You know, all that good stuff that comes with, you know, marketing and just making sure that what you're doing is actually working and that it's actually helping you get people to actually want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first pillar. Perfect. All right. What's next? Uh, The next pillar is the financial pillar. And, you know, and so it's funny because usually when clients come to me, things are usually working in one or two pillars. So for example, like I have a client right now, when we started working together, like her marketing pillar was off the charts. So if she puts out a program, you know, people are pouncing on it. You know, she has a really good understanding of who her people are, but her financial pillar, you know, she has a bookkeeper that helps her, but she was not looking at her financials you know, not paying herself, you know, from the revenue that she was bringing in. And so I find that a lot of times when it comes to this pillar, people shy away from it. So when you actually sit down and look at your business as a whole, it's important to really make sure that you are looking at the financial aspect of it. And in the beginning, it's not going to be fancy, (laughs) you know, just more or less tracking the expenses and the revenue and looking at what's happening. But as you get to become more tenured, you know, making sure that you are having time to look at that financial piece and having time to really think about what you need and establishing revenue goals, establishing, you know, profit goals. And so that way everything makes sense from a financial perspective. And then also too, thinking about if there's opportunities for someone to come in to help you. So with my client, like I said, she has a bookkeeper that helps, that helps her, you know, as you increase in revenue, then maybe there's a CFO that might need to come in. And so really just making sure that you understand the peaks and valleys of your business and the financial situation too, for sure. Yeah. And so are there specific numbers that help indicate things like, do you use your financial decisions? I suppose is a better question. Do you use your financial data to let you know if you are ready to hire or not, especially like hire a bookkeeper or hire, you know, operations support, stuff like that? Or is it more or less just knowing the health of the business? 
I would say it's a little bit of both. So, you know, you want to make sure that you are in a financial, like in a good financial place to be able to definitely start to bring on staff. The last thing that you want to do is bring on people and not be able to pay them. So that's where you really need to think about the type of person that you need to hire. So if it's more of a contract person, someone on a short-term basis compared to a part-time or a full-time person. So really just knowing exactly what your business needs. Also too, having a really good understanding of, you know, your strengths and weaknesses as well. So I think all of it together is really important, but it's doing the work and really making sure that you have a good understanding again of what your business is doing and actually taking the time to look at it too. So yeah, that's what makes sense. What is the next pillar? Yeah. So the next pillar is operations. That's your baby. Oh yeah. (laughs) So yeah. So I find that especially with me, because with my background, you know, I have over a decade worth of business management experience, operation experience, and really with the operations piece, as you know, it touches all aspects of your business. So with the clients that I work with, I really encourage them to make sure like your goal as a CEO is that your business is a well-oiled machine. So, you know, if it's a hot mess, then, or if your processes are off, if your systems are off, you are going to feel it as a CEO. The team, if you have a team, you're, is going to feel it. Your clients are going to feel it. So I really suggest um, looking at it on a regular basis. And we haven't really talked about cadence, but usually what I do in my business is I have pillar days. So there's a day that I look at my marketing. There's a day that I look at my financials. There's a day that I look at my operations just to make sure that things make sense. So that way, as I'm bringing, you know, I'm hiring more people or clients are working with me, I, you know, I know that there's processes and systems in place to make sure that things are, you know, functioning the way that they should be. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. Do you have in the operations space, do you have like areas of focus, like operations can feel like such a beast and whatnot for people. So do you have where you suggest people start as far as starting to document or starting to automate and whatnot? Yeah, I think taking advantage of simple tools. So, you know, as you're going through processes and looking at things that need to be eliminated and then looking at opportunities to automate, you know, if you have an email newsletter, a lot of those emails can be automated. Social media, if you want to participate and with like Planoly or making your processes more simple, you know, even from a financial perspective, because as you know, every single business activity, there's a process that's behind it. So 
really making sure that you're honing in on those tools that are available to you to make your life easier um, is good. It just depends on what, you know, what you want to use and what you're comfortable with. But the ones that I use in my business are like I have ConvertKit for my email marketing, you know, and I utilize all the automation there. I have Dubsado, you know, that's fully set up to help me with, you know, follow up and client experience and, and all those things. And then also too, I have Planoly that I use um, as well. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, totally. All right. And what is next? Yeah. So for the next pillar, it's going to be your client experience. And really, when you think about these pillars, they're not really done in any kind of order. It's just, again, just making sure that you're taking the time to look at your business overall. But with your client experience, you know, my background is in healthcare, So it was the patient experience. You know, this is your reputation. This is what the culture that you're establishing within your business. And so it's so important to really take a look at how things are happening. It also, too, it ties into your marketing. So I always say that your client experience does not start once somebody is working with you. Your client experience actually starts once someone lays eyes on you. So the second that they see your website, the second that they see your social media, you know, that is when really the client experience begins. So really taking the time to think about you know, what do you want them to experience? How do you want them to feel, you know, as they're working with you? And then plus two, as they're engaging with you and as you're doing different activities um, to warm that audience up, that's still all part of a client experience. So really the way that I think about it is you want to have the Ritz-Carlton of whatever your business industry is. So if you think about it that way, you know, what would happen at the Ritz-Carlton? You know, what would the Ritz-Carlton do to make sure that you feel valued they don't just make you feel valued as soon as you pay for a room. No, it starts as soon as you walk in the door. Got it. I love that you extended the client experience out to when somebody first, it's not that they interact with you physically first. It's literally what is their first, mm-hmm. you know, like experience with you literally as in your website or you came up in a Pinterest feed or a Instagram hashtag or whatever the case may be. And so it's important that all is cohesive, that all feels very in line with, you know, what we just discussed in the other pillars and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success to then nurture them into clients or connect with them for collaboration or whatever the case may be. So I love that you touched on that for sure. All right. What is next? Yeah. So the next one is going to be team. And, you know, and for this one, this is really important, even in the early days that you should always be trying to think about what are my opportunities to delegate? What are my opportunities to hire? And even if you're not at that place yet in your business, um, you know, getting on a roll of always thinking about, well, this is something that I could potentially give to someone else, or this is something that I don't really care to do. Um, that I probably need some help in this. I'm Googling it now, <laughs> but, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to give this away, um, you know, because at the end of the day, and as you know, you're not going to be able to grow your business the way that you want to. You're not going to be able to go where you need to go if you do not have a team that's there to really back you up. And even though you need to make sure that things are automated, you've eliminated processes and all that good stuff too. At some point in time, there is going to be where you need to hire. But most times I feel like people think that they have to bring on like this full-time employee. No, I mean, it could be a contract person. It could be part-time. It could be, you know, a consultant, you know, someone that comes in just for a little bit to help you with things. It's the coach maybe potentially that you're hiring. So that's all part of your team. That's all part of what's going to make sure that you're successful. And then also too, like when you start to think about that way, think about, adding additions to your team and not being afraid to really take on that leadership role 
you know, then it's an opportunity to collaborate. It's an opportunity to brainstorm. One of the things that I loved about with the teams that I've worked with in the past is I never really had to have the answer. You know, it wasn't all the pressure wasn't on me. I could always be like, hey, guys, you know, this is what this is the problem. This is the issue. What do you think? Let me know. And, you know, and it would just kind of go off from there. So it's just really making sure that you are thinking about your business in that in that perspective and not always wanting to stay right in that solopreneur space all the time. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that I find a lot of people hire, I don't want to say too late. However, a lot of people don't, Mm -hmm. they wait until they're absolutely exhausted and they wait until like the very last minute to hire. And if you were to back that up, you know, a month or two and, you know, have somebody help you in that transition, then you won't have to you wouldn't have to fall so hard to be able to get picked back up again, which is going to take a longer because of your exhaustion. And so you really have to think about managing your energy. And so what would you say, again, is a good identifier energetically for when you need to hire? I would say the the time that you were just sitting there, you're in, it's just too much. You know, for example, for me, when I looked the amount of sales calls that I was having to do and then the follow-up. I knew that I needed to add some help, but I didn't want to go ahead and hire like a VA. So that's how I in- started to implement Dubsado. So I would say like anytime that you're starting to feel this is becoming too much, or if you're sitting there, you're just like, I hate this. This is not fun for me. You know, then that might be a time to where you need to start thinking about maybe is this something that I could give away? I have a marketing coordinator who's part of my team you know, because I have an introverted side to me. So she helps me with accountability. You know, she helps me be like, well, you know, you need to go ahead and do that live or, you know, you need to, you know, go ahead and put yourself in these situations. Well, you know, so it just depends on what your personality is, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and really owning that. You know, at the end of the day, a CEO's job is not to know everything. A CEO's job is to be able to know when to bring in help in order to make sure that your business is able to move to the vision that you are, you know, that you're setting for it. And that way you're able to um, set the tone and create the culture and be outward facing compared to inward facing. So, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. All right. Are we, I think we're at the last one, right? Number six. We are. Yes. Yeah. So the last pillar is you, you know, and so really what I think about that, I'm really saving that for last. And so for me, you know, when with the management experience that I have, this would always go to the wayside in my business. I'll be honest, sometimes it goes to the wayside. And so this is really just honing in on what you need, you know, taking the breaks that you need, really making sure that if there's um, time away, if you need to do spa days or go talk to a therapist or whatever that is for you, that is factored into your business health because at the end of the day, like you're not going to be able to build a business on fumes. That's what I always say. And so making sure that you are making yourself the priority and that you are really treating yourself as the VIP is going to help you with your success. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You always need to check back if this is even aligned with you anymore or you're comfortable with doing that. I feel like a lot of us because at one time this worked for us, we assume it's always going to work for us. And so I like that you touch on really that, you know, your business is, 
is built for you. And if it's not serving you, then what the hey is the point? So, you know, it's really crucial to have those points of reference and to always be coming back to how is this supporting me, serving me? Oh, wait, it's no longer. Okay, then I need to stop doing it. Um, And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a quitter. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's a negative impact on you or outlook. It it simply just means that it isn't serving you anymore. And that's all that it really has to be. And so what, when your clients go through these six pillars, like what are some outcomes that you've seen come out of it that have been super transformational and super helpful? Oh, I would say just the organization factor of it, because when my clients come to me, they don't really, they don't think about their business and marketing and financial and client experience and operations and all of that. So when they start to really put their business activities into those buckets, it's really, the transformation is really, it's amazing because the end of our time of working together, they're bringing to me like, this is what I'm doing in my marketing. This is what I'm doing in my financials. This is what I'm doing in my operations, you know? And so they've been able to take what's going on in their business and really streamline it and have it be more fun for them, you know? And so it's been really, it's rewarding to just to see um, the chaos and the processes that don't make sense to where they really own it and take ownership of their business. Nice. I love it. And so what are, you kind of mentioned in, I don't remember which pillar this, I think operations tools that you love, um, but go ahead and rename some of your favorite uh, software tools that help you streamline your business and get time back. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my email marketing is ConvertKit. Social media is Planoly. And then also to Zebsato. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And then even from project management, we, we use ClickUp too. So yeah. Nice. Easy enough. Yeah. I'm definitely a, uh, I love all of the tools that you just mentioned. Um, and ClickUp is definitely super fun for me to play around with probably a little too much, but that's okay. And so with that, um, where can people get more of you and another resource? And so if they really want to dive deeper into these six pillars, where can they find that? Yeah, so they can go to my website, so www.savvyclover.com, or they can definitely go to www.savvyclover.com slash links, and Savvy Clover is spelled S-A-V-V-Y-C-L-O-V-E-R. So yeah, so they can find the business health checklist, which it basically walks you through all six pillars. So when you actually sit down and do your business health check in, you have that guide for you. So it walks you through the different activities that you can do for your marketing, different things that you need to check out for your financial operations, client experience team and you too. So nice, easy enough. And are you on social media anywhere? Where can people come and let you know that they really enjoyed your interview? Yeah, absolutely. So I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. So they can find me at Savvy Clover Coaching there. And then also too, I'm on Facebook and they can find me at Savvy Clover Coach as well as in my free um, Facebook group, the Savvy C. So. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I will have all of those links in the show notes in the description for y'all to go and hang out with Brandy and get to know her if you really resonated with what she was talking about. But thank you so much again, Brandy, for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. I really appreciated it. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.